Welcome to Promo Cares Radio, where we dive into the good being done in the promotional products industry. From general philanthropy to cause marketing to giving programs, we're here to shine a light on those inspiring stories that are helping to improve the world through promo. And now, Promo Cares Radio with your host, Roger Burnett. This is Promo Cares Radio. My name is Roger Burnett, co founder and president of Promo Cares. Promo Cares is a 100% volunteer initiative created to lift up and recognize companies in the promotional products industry using their businesses as superpowers for social good. We help suppliers, distributors, decorators, service providers, and end buyers alike become a bridge for positive social impact. We do this through best practice sharing, online and in-person collaboration efforts, and helping organizations with their give back work by marketing their efforts and telling their stories. It's been a wonderful, difficult, time-consuming, but immensely rewarding year of Promo Cares Radio podcasts. And as we close the calendar year that is 2018, it seems only fitting to take a look back at the nine hours of conversation had on the podcast this year. In doing so, a number of themes revealed themselves and specific guests brought compelling thought processes to the reasons behind using their businesses as superpowers for social good. So join me, if you will, as we take a look at these themes and examine how our guests express the commonality amongst them, regardless of their position, gender, age, background, or experience. When your work connects to making the world a better place, it has a way of demonstrating itself within the company. It just shows up. People are drawn to things bigger than themselves, and there are a few better ways to engage with someone on a personal level than to help them connect their work with their passion. This episode takes an inside look at the ways the spirit of giving has come to life in those places our guests do what they do every day, what it's meant for their employees, their families, and everyone coming into contact with their businesses. If you have the ability, you have the responsibility. Okay. Like, if you can, you must. Right. Um, So my friends and family, everybody knows I have them. Uh, lots of local organizations and businesses uh, have rallied together when we when I first created them to raise money for the victims of the of this tragedy in in Orlando. So, um, you know, everyone in that community knows that I'm available not just to do that, but to do other things because you know what they know that I care. They right. know that I want. They know that I want to help. And so, um, I think that you know by spreading compassion and and the message of kindness. Um, even if it's one wristband at a time, I create a company culture of doing good for others. Sustainability or, or, or product safety, we've been focused for a long time on like, how do you not do bad things in the world? You know, how do you not um, poison the river with dye? How do you not treat employees who are making your shirts badly? How do you not, how do you make sure you're making a safe product? Um, and, and that's really important and we still are, have a lot of focus on that, but I wanted to shift the thinking here to how do we actually um, do positive things, and 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 that's been something that's been super exciting. It's been completely embraced by our organization. It's become kind of this rallying cry for us, and 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 truly, like as I, um, um, it's it's helped us to attract employees and and retain great employees, and so it's been this really exciting journey that we've been on as we think about how do we use the platform that we have, which is making apparel and selling in the promotional products market uh, to make a difference in the world and in the communities, specifically in the communities that we're a part of. And I got to say that Sweda and through our, my partnership with Sweda and Basecap, 
I mean, they are the largest donor that Warrior Spirit Retreat has. And not only with able allowing me to run more retreats that I don't have to spend my own money, that I don't have to, it just makes it so much easier to recruit the talent that I need to help execute the retreats and the, the venues that I'm using. And also the, the promotional products to be able to give away to either my donors as donor recognition or to the warriors themselves, like this super high quality promotional items um, with the warrior spirit retreat logo on it, whether it's the, the Tundra bottle or the Sherpa backpack, like all these things that I use um, as gifts to the warriors, sort of like their welcome gifts that they'll continue to use. And every time they see that logo, right. On, on products that they will continue to use uh, and not just put on a shelf somewhere, um, that, that, that they'll be reminded of what they learned. And I have so many emails, so many, I mean, emails from warriors that have participated in saying like, wow, thanks. And, you know, you shifted my vision or helped, helped me change X, Y, Z in my life. But the ones that hit, hit impact me the most are the, the messages I receive from the spouses. Sure. You know, like saying that, wow, whatever you did, like you, you had my husband for four days and he came back, uh, the man I married. Yeah. Yeah. Impactful. Yeah. Right. I mean, totally. The reason we're a nonprofit and the whole reason we exist is to create employment opportunities for people with disabilities who wouldn't otherwise get them. Right. So we have a, um, we have like this ethos of changing the the work environment to make it more inclusive. If something can help one member of staff because that one member of staff has a sight impairment as well as a, like an intellectual disability, that then becomes something for everyone. And we can focus totally and wholeheartedly on employment and projects that are going to create more. So it stopped being about an island and it started to become about the people. And so the last thing I'm worried about is, is the island development being at a standstill. Right. I'm concerned about Greta Gonzalez, my female architect that we hired, who because of the project, we gave her the foundation to be able to start her own art and design center because we believed in her and that work then got pressed out and then that then she got more jobs and, and she was able to then create the first art and design center in Bluefields, Nicaragua. And because the tourists have all left the country or mostly have left the country and the NGOs have all pulled out, you know, my big concern is not, okay, the island's at a standstill, but what can I be doing to help the people that we've met along the way in the project that have contributed to it greatly? Um, A lot of really fantastic conversations. It's opened up a lot of opportunities for our product developers to engage in ways that have been super meaningful um, to them. And sometimes, like, which what I love is I hear about it kind of uh, uh, later. They said, gosh, you know what we did? We did this, uh, we worked with this factory and we did the, we created all these, we had extra fabric and so we created these backpacks and then we went to the school and we gave them to the school and we gave them to the kids and it was amazing. And like, here's pictures of the event we did, Jeremy, and I'm like, that's awesome, you know, and I'm the last one to hear about it, and that's okay. Um, so it's not coming from me. It's coming kind of from And guess what? With Gen Z and millennials, they want to work for, and more importantly, they want to do business with companies that are for purpose. Millennials bring that uh, to market the most, and I, I know a lot of people find that frustrating, but 
as a mother of a millennial, I love her. I love what, I love what she represents, what the whole generation represents. Um, and they're going to be 70% of our marketplace in 10 years. So if they're not already, I mean, it's just, so if you're going to have a business that's sustainable, or if you're going to have any kind of um, project that you want to sustain, you have to make it, and you have to make it so that you're making it, you know, that you're having an impact, a positive impact. But it, it is that, so for instance, I gave up the role of sort of the brand good person in the company with Resprosterone, handed it off to Sarah, one of my partners in Southern California. And Sarah now really got excited about it. So now she's kind of running the, the quarterly contest and sort of whipping up the team, you know, and it just, and she's trying to think of more ideas on how we can expand it now. Um, you know, so, you know, and, and then I was just seeing some emails this morning, you know, one of the guys commented because Sarah circulated the winner. One of the guys commented about how cool this was and didn't realize we were doing this and is going to make sure that he submits for next quarter as a brand. But I, I want to ask uh, a little bit about the culture of your team, because this is a big shift. You're dealing with a team of buyers, you're dealing with uh, designers, you know, maybe material sorcerers, or, or maybe even you're developing your own materials. And, you know, how has that team responded? And have you seen a shift from, I need to do this because Jeremy's telling me to do this, you know, oh, he went to Kellogg and now we have to do this. Right. Or are they starting to own it and and kind of, do, do you are you seeing that they are giving themselves permission to put up their hand and, and kind of call out the hard stuff, identify a factory where maybe you've seen issues, you've gone in, you've tried to turn the corner with them and, and work with them, they're not interested. You know, do you pull the pin or do you keep investing? Like, are they are they making those judgment calls on their own? Uh, are they feeling confident? Like, this is hard stuff, even from a behavior change perspective, to get a team to embrace and work on it. And what are you seeing there in terms of the, the crew that is working on these issues for you? Yeah, so I would tell you that when... You know, we started thinking about it. The, the pushback that I got was, well, this is going to make our product more expensive. You know, we're going to pay more. So, great, Jeremy. If you're, if you're ready to accept lower margins, then, then <laughs> you know, that's fine, but it's on you. You know, and, and what, I, what I kind of found over time is I said, okay, I understand that there is sometimes a cost to some of these, an, an, an upfront cost to it. But let's look at the cost of um, not doing it. What's the reputational risk to Sanmar? What's the cost of um, uh, having bad quality in a product? Because one of the things I've found over time is that um, factories that um, do a better job of um, just really simply taking care of their people also produce better quality garments kind of over time. So what's the mm -hmm. quality cost? Um, you know, what is the, the cost of kind of stripping challenges? And so as we've looked at, um, as we've looked at it over time, what we found actually is that um, it's not costing us more kind of in the product. There's, um, and, you know, we've been able to, um, you know, maintain margins that are healthy. I, I always start with one of the fact that, like, Sanmar is a for-profit business, and we don't uh, we don't apologize kind of for that because for us, being able to um, you know drive a fair profit and grow our business um, allows us to do more things. You know, it, we're not it's not very sustainable for us if we're you know losing money 
son, we'll, we'll be out of business quickly. So for mm-hmm. us, um, we have to be in a position where we are um, making a fair profit for the work that we do. And we work really hard. Um, and the case for hiring people with autism is that it, you cannot put a price on neurodiversity, in my opinion. There is no... We, the world needs different kinds of minds. Um, the famous world, words of, uh, of, of Temple Grandin, who's actually in, in uh, our film, This Business of Autism. Um, and I couldn't agree with that even more, like anymore, because Pat always says, Patrick, CEO, always says that um, if it weren't for my brain, like pointing at like me as in Tim, he goes like, if it weren't for your brain, I wouldn't be able to do this. Because like, our brains being two guys who have grown up 15 minutes apart in the same like forest area of mid Wales are so different to one another. Right. Uh, But then and yours and I, Roger, your brain and my brain will be incredibly different in other ways, incredibly similar in other. Right. Then if you take that and you add the, the creativity that can be brought in by, by autism, the attention to detail that can be brought in by autism, as well as just the, the literal, mindset of we we have to remind employees with autism to take breaks we have to remind people with autism to to not come in on saturdays to like it's columbus day on monday right we we don't have the office isn't open and they're like why that that's what i that is what i do on mondays and i'm going to be there and i'm going to print t-shirts i'm going to bag t-shirts so it's been it's been really great to measure our success in that way sure how about just physical bodies from, you know, it used to be you and I'm sure guessing uh, some yeah. people you would ask for help. But I mean, I'm I'm expecting that the organization has more people involved. So kind of speak to yeah. where that's at. So now we're a team of seven, still seven. small, but um, not just me anymore. And uh, I think that that was like one of the bigger turning points in Headbands of Hope was when I could make that first hire and just have more hands on deck. And I think like one of the things as an entrepreneur, um, you know, one of the fears that I had was no one will ever care about this business as much as I do. And I was totally wrong. (laughs) If if anything, I'm telling my staff to like, calm down, you know, we'll get, we'll get the next one. It's going to be okay. Instead of vice versa. So that's been a pleasant surprise and totally changed the game for me to have um, a great team. In our business, we have people on our production team and the uh, complexity and difficulty of those jobs varies greatly from highly complex and very difficult to not. Mm-hmm. Probably our most joyous employee is the guy who has the least complex, l- least difficult job. And he brings amazing joy to what he does. When he finished packing a box that's ready to go out, he has all of these little different noisemakers that he will use to signify that, hey, I did another one. And everyone in the shop, when he does it, it's like a cheer every single time. The conversations I have are with fathers and mothers who go, I never thought my son would do anything but sit at home and play video games. his, His school said he will never have a job. And maybe he could stack shelves, but that we will be supporting him his entire life. Right. Spectrum gave him a chance and now he's a lead production assistant or he's a senior production assistant or he's a, he's a, he's a specialist here at Spectrum. And they go, I don't know how to even formulate a sentence to tell you about how 
so it evolved along those lines. So we decided that early on as part of even our exploration of the name. It was all about we've got to have some – it could be marginal. It could be small. But we have to have fundamentally systematic embedded contributions back to – Cause, meaningful causes and community involvement. So, and what was really interesting was was one of the ones was uh, the Children's Miracle Network, because it's both national in scope but regional. So we could donate to our each regional areas in our company's name, it duly sort of as part of Reciprocity Road, but it's going locally to that chapter, but it all rolls up to a national contribution yeah. as well. 